0: Well, guys, quickly, uh, I want to do a quick recap. Some of you haven't been here, and you're, uh, I, I know you've watched online, trying to catch up, and that's cool. So I'm going to fly through these things, and I'm just going to... It comes with an invitation you have any questions about these first five slides, when we're all said and done, come see me at the end of service. We've got a printed out PDF for you uh, that kind of explains things, why we're doing things, uh, those kind of things. But uh, when we talk about new wine, again, we said uh, we wanted to have a new vision for who God wanted us to be. And we began to pray, Lord, what does it look like um, to really be your disciple? And when people think of First Baptist Church Elgin, what kind of people do we want them to think about? And so this is, uh, is kind of the vision. Uh, it's it, it simply, it's, it's loving it's, it's learning, and it's living like Jesus. That's it. Just one simple statement. We want to be people uh, that are committed to loving, learning, and living like Jesus. And to do that, um, we understand that we have a new mission, and that mission is to equip and empower families uh, to love God through worship, love like Jesus through worship, learn like Jesus through discipleship, right? Uh, living, learning, learning. Uh, loving, learning, and living, and then live like Jesus through service. And so I'm not looking at my notes, y'all. This is from the depths of, of my brain. Uh, and then live like Jesus through service. And so um, kind of our, our, our motto around here, we've got this image, these, these intersecting circles, it's, it's worship, learn, and serve right? Worship, learn, and serve. So you're going to hear those words a lot. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see them on banners at some point. You're going to see them in printed out things. Uh, but that's our goal, and it's just about balance. And I want to say this to you. Some of you heard these, and you come up with, like, just like, pastor, you don't understand what we're going through right now. I don't, I don't think we can do all that on a weekly basis. And, and listen, no, we do. Like, I totally get you, and that's cool. And there's going to be seasons in your life that maybe, maybe all you can do in that season is show up for worship, right? Maybe maybe you can show up for worship, and, and you can serve occasionally. Maybe, you, you know, like, but, but listen, uh, your life as it is built, if it doesn't have all three of these things, man, it will affect you spiritually, it'll affect you emotionally, it'll affect you uh, mentally. Like, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll take its toll on your life. I've seen it time and time and time again. My life is a testimony of that, so we think these balance uh, this balance is really, really important. So you're going to hear those things. So uh, when it comes to kind of our model, and I'm going to stress for the fall. Um, we're learning how many families have kids, y'all. It's awesome. It's great. Uh, It's also challenging. Um, But for the fall, uh, this is what we're doing for sure, and probably it'll look very similar to this in the spring, maybe with some additional offerings. But what we're asking is, listen, if you've got kids in the home, uh, starting September 11th, we have new worship times, 945 and 1115. So come to one of those worship times if you have kids in the home. And then on Sunday morning, the other thing we're going to ask you to do is serve on Sunday morning okay uh, we're gonna push your learn time to Wednesday and, uh, and Wednesday night, we've got a, a brand new ministry. Um, we've seen so many marriages impacted through COVID. I can't tell you how many families I've talked with, uh, counseled with. Uh, we're, we've got them in counseling, even in times. So, so we're going to start a new marriage ministry called Reengage this fall. We're going to ask all married folks uh, with kids in the home that can be here on Wednesday to, to be here. If we need to overco- overflow class, like, we'll figure it out. We're committed. And um, we want we strong marriages, right? That's part of seeing families transformed. And so it's a big uh, thing to us this fall, okay? If you don't have kids in the home, uh, starting September 11th, your learn time is going to be at 8:30 on Sunday morning. So uh, show up. We've got classes for you. Uh, there's no kids in the building at 8:30. It'll be eerily quiet, uh, and 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 you'll you know it'll be it'll be tough. We'll have coffee ready for you. We've got classrooms for you, uh, and it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. So we've got a men's class. We've got a women's class. Uh, that's like a generational thing. There's some men and women that like to learn. Uh, they, they that's how they grew up. Like hey. Guys were over here, girls were over here. Also, sometimes we've got widows and things like that, and so uh, or husbands that aren't coming with their wives. So it, it's just easy to do it that way. But there's also a couples class uh, which will meet upstairs in our upper room. And again, all that happens at 8:30, and then 9:45 uh, we have service. And we're asking you guys to serve on Wednesdays. Okay, I know that's hard. Uh, some of you here serve on Wednesdays and you immediately hear kidsmen. men. Uh, it's not just kids' men. We've also got uh, teams that we need cooking. But I'll just be honest with you. We do need help with kids. Now, here's the cool thing. Uh, our youth are so awesome uh, that they're going to step up and serve on Wednesday nights. Um, we're going we're gonna to create a Sunday night worship service for them. Uh, to, 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 it's going to be great. Um, but a lot of our youth are going to actually help serve. And so when we say, hey, adults, you have to serve. And you're like, I don't have the energy for it. It's cool. You just, you just have to help kind of guide and direct some of these teenagers that do. And, uh, and we honestly believe that's how we're going to get through uh, the fall and, and hopefully the spring. So uh, if you have any questions, guys, we have this really cool printed sheet uh, that talks about these things. And they're down here up front. I want you to grab those things. It'll be super helpful. Having said that, y'all, we are in Luke chapter two, so let's do this. Uh, Luke chapter two. I'm going to uh, I'm going to start right now in verse thirty nine. And we're going to read through 52, then we're going to jump in. I'm aware of our time. We've got about 30 minutes. Uh, I really have less than 30 minutes. I need to get you to Sunday school. So here we go. Um, It says, when they had completed everything according to the law of the Lord. This is talking about uh, Jesus presenting him in the temple, uh, circumcision, all those kind of things. Uh, It says, they returned to Galilee, uh, to their own town of Nazareth. And then it says in verse 40, the boy grew up and became strong. That's speaking of Jesus. Became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. Every year his parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom of the festival, and after those days were over, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know. They, they traveled in, in huge groups, his family groups. Would have been lots of aunts and uncles and, and cousins. Super easy to lose a kid. Don't think that Mary and Joseph are bad parents, y'all. Uh, this, like It was very often that you're traveling with your aunt or your uncle, and, and you know, kind of, kind of common. So uh, they, they, they leave. Jesus is not with them. Uh, and so it says, assuming that he was in the traveling party, they went a day's journey, and then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, asking them the questions. And all those who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Uh, Why were you searching for me? Jesus asked them. Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to him. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother kept all these things in her heart, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with people. There's three things I want to share with you uh, this morning. And I want to begin here uh, with this truth that Jesus, um, our model in life, was a learner. Okay? Jesus, who is our model in life, Jesus was a learner. And, and I know how that sounds. I see some of you like, ah, uh, that doesn't sit well with me. Wait a second. Jesus was God. That's what you're saying. Jesus, you're like, no, wait a second. Hold on. Jesus is God. Jesus knew everything. He didn't have to learn anything. He's God. He's all-knowing. And you are absolutely right. Jesus was fully God. But Jesus was also fully man, right? And, and as a man, just like anyone else, he had to learn. It's part of humanity. Right? Think about this with me. Jesus wasn't born to Mary as a full-grown adult male. Uh, Mamas that just gave birth, you know what I'm talking about. Like, didn't happen. Thank you, God. Right? You're like, oh, Mary, God bless her. Right? Jesus didn't come out as a full-grown adult male, uh, walking, talking, turning water into wine, healing the sick and the blind. Like, that's not how it, it functioned. Jesus was born as a baby. as as a helpless baby that needed the care of of others, and and, and as a baby uh, in His humanity, Jesus had to grow. He had to learn how to walk. He had to learn how to talk. He had to learn the Scriptures, right? And and, and so Jesus, in His human nature, y'all, He grew physically and mentally and spiritually, He learned how to commune, uh, right, with his father, how to rely on the spirit. In his human nature, Jesus grew in all these areas. And I want to show you that by taking a closer look at the verses we read. So look at verse 40 on the screen with me. It says, The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom. God's grace was on him. So that word grew up, uh, it it literally means to grow. That's what it means in the Greek. Hello. It means the same thing. It it means to grow. but, But specifically, it talks about like a plant just like a little a little seed sprouts, and then it grows, and it gets big, becomes fruitful, so Jesus did that, it can also refer to an infant, right, that, that doesn't stay an infant very long, it's amazing, uh, the, the Lord, all of a sudden, these, these little creatures come out of us, and, 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 it, like, what a little bit of milk will do, y'all, all of a sudden, they're 20 pounds, and they're pulling on things, and biting things, and, like, what happened, uh, and then, and now, and then, and then they start pulling themselves up, and then everything, like, the whole house is, is a problem, right, um, like, oh my gosh, they're going to get into everything. And, and like, it's amazing how quickly uh, they grow. My oldest just came home, just got registered for classes, and I hadn't seen him in two weeks, walked in the door. My dogs like, were so excited. I'm, I'm an emotional wreck, y'all. The dogs were so excited to see Cole that I started crying. Like, what is wrong with me? Right? So fast, so fast. And that's what the word is it, it's to grow and, and it, can, it can talk about internal growth too. It, it, it also says he became strong it, it literally means he increased in strength and verse 52 tells us where that increase came right uh, luke two 252 Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with people. so that word increase it means to to lengthen out um, when you think about a bladesmith with a blade uh, they're, they're lengthening out the metal uh, it, so it, it means to lengthen out it, 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 It literally means to advance or to make progress. So what areas did Jesus make progress in? In his human nature, he made progress. uh, It says in wisdom. The word in Greek means in intelligence, in knowledge of God, knowledge of man. It literally means the science of learning. That's what the word means in the Greek. So so Jesus increased, right? Jesus increased. He made progress in the science of learning. Uh, He increased Uh, He made progress in stature, it says. That literally is is age, uh, maturity. He he increased, he made progress in favor with God and with people. That word favor, it is the spiritual condition of one uh, governed by the power of divine grace. Jesus made progress as a person that was governed by the power of divine grace. Isn't that crazy? We We don't think about Jesus that way. But Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Uh, and, and, and I want you to know is intentional. That story we just read, Jesus is 12, his family leaves after Passover, and where is he? He's put himself in the temple, and he's learning. And, and that, that, that becomes a, a habit of Jesus' life. And in Luke 4, 16, uh, it's talking about Jesus beginning to enter his public ministry. It says, he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and then get this, it says, As usual, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. It was a habit, Jesus intentionally putting himself in that place. It's not the only habit Jesus had, by the way. In Luke 5, uh, we, we learn that he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. It's a habit of, of this relationship with his Father. Again, why would, why would God in the flesh have to study? Why would God in the flesh have to pray? Because God was in the flesh. Because Jesus is the only ever God-man. Fully God and fully man. And in his human nature, he had to grow. And if that's true of Jesus, it certainly must be true of us. right? So that's where we began. Uh, Jesus was a learner. Okay. second thing I want you to see is not only was Jesus a learner, but he was a teacher, which means he expects us to learn. Jesus wasn't just a learner. He was also a teacher which means he expects us to learn. If it weren't enough that he himself learned, and he's like, duh, you're supposed to follow me, uh, then he teaches, which means he expects us to be learners like him. Jesus' entire ministry, think about it. His entire ministry is teaching. I I mean, the, the very first thing he does is he's proclaiming the kingdom of God. So he teaches us about the kingdom of God. He, he teaches us about the person of God. No one's seen the Father, except he who came down from the Father. This is me standing before you. This is Jesus. We didn't understand God before, but now God in the flesh is with us. He teaches us about the person of God. He teaches us about the law of God. You've heard it written that you shouldn't commit adultery, but I tell you the truth, you shouldn't even you shouldn't even look at a woman in lust. He's like, man, the law is so much higher than what you've made it. It's so much more encompassing than what you made it. It's about your heart, not, not just about your actions. And, and Jesus begins to teach it. He teaches us about the heart of God, right? Listen, it's not the outside of the cup that matters. It's the inside that matters. It, it, what, what comes out of your heart, that's what life is about. That's where sin comes from, from deep within. And, and he's showing us how God cares about people. Listen, it, it's not about giving a tenth of your dill. It's about what you do for your neighbor who's in need. It's about how you ignore your parents. Life's about people. And Jesus comes in the flesh and begins to show us. He, he teaches us about the love of God. Right? This is love. Right? That you're willing to lay down your life for your friend. That you're willing to give him uh, the, the coat when he's in need. You're going to feed him when he has nothing to eat tells us about the will of God and and ultimately about the plans of God. The plan of God that he himself has come to serve and to offer his own life as a ransom for many, that he was going to die, that was the plan of God. Hey, I'm going to die. I'm not going to be with you. But it's okay because God's going to raise me from the dead right? And then, and then after you see me alive again, I'm going to ascend into heaven. And it's necessary, it's better for you. I'm going to go into heaven and I'm going to send the Spirit. And listen, the Holy Spirit is going to give you gifts and He's going to empower you, ready? And He's going to empower you to go and teach everything you've learned from me. There's an expectation. That's what the Great Commission is, y'all. It's an expectation. I'll put it on the screen for you. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus said, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. He's saying, everything you've learned from me, you've got to be a learner, right? And remember, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So, guys... Worship's really important to us. Learning is really important to us because Jesus himself was a learner and because he was a teacher and he expected us to learn so that we could go teach others. And that kind of brings me to the last point is that Jesus died to establish a community to help us do all that. Jesus died to establish a community to help us learn. Okay, uh, so Jesus uh, tells his disciples, hey, I'm going to die. He says, it's better. He says, it's better because unless I die, I, 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 can't, I can't go and, and, and send you the spirit, this gift. I, I'm going to go, and it's going to be better for you because you're going to be empowered to be a community. And, and literally, from the very beginning, the plan is that this community will do, Jesus says, will do more than I've been doing. You follow that? Right, Jesus, walking on water, feeding 5,000, healing the sick and the blind and the lame, Jesus says, hey, you are going to do even more miraculous things than me. Right, And his whole vision is empowering a community of believers to go out and do what? To do what you've seen me do. To do what you have learned from me. And so church has always been been about, it was established to help us learn so that we could go. I I just want to say that that means that church is not just about coming, okay? This is where we get into problems, y'all. When we think the church exists for us to come, then it's all about us but I don't like this, and I'm not getting enough of this, and I need more of that. And and no, 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 Jesus died to establish the church, an empowered group of people, to come, to be built up, and then go. That's that's the plan. It's not not just to come. If if we come, we can't build places big enough. If, If we just come, it's just about us. And people remain lost, they remain Dead in their sin, they remain destined for hell because this is just a place for coming. That was never the plan. Jesus actually died to to build a community of people where they would learn in order to go and to teach others about God. Right? Right? And when we begin to think through things like that, it radically changes us. Listen to how Paul describes the church, Ephesians 4, through 12. He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. And here's why the church exists. Ready? To equip the saints, that's the people, for the work of ministry. To equip for ministry. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like coming so that you could be going. That's what it sounds like. And, and man, if we begin to think about church like that, then, then what I do here, magic, like suddenly it's not just about me. Like it, it's not, well wait a second, how, how many Bible studies do I need to be in? And how many things, wait, 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 no, no, no. I, I've got to get what I need. I need to learn about Jesus. I need to learn about His ways. I need to learn about His heart. I need to learn about His plan. I need to learn about His will. And then I need to go. I need to be part of, of other focused thinking and living And and just tell people what I know. Hey, y'all, I've only taken one class on Christianity at this point. I know that Jesus uh, was a real historical figure. I know that he lived about this time. I know that he died on a cross. And I, I know that he was the Son of God. I know that he conquered death so that we all could have life in him. That's what I know. And you go, Christianity 101, and you share what you know. And maybe you run into somebody's, well, what about this? And why, why are there people starving here and there? And you come back, and we we build you up in faith and we talk about the plan of God. You go out you're able to share some more, right? This is a place to be equipped in order to go out. Jesus died to establish a community to help us learn so that we could go out. Here's a picture of the community, Acts 242. It says, They there are about 120 people in the first church. Is that? You're here today because God empowered 120 people. Okay, we've got over half that here in the first service this morning. All right, so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They gave themselves to be learners. Right? They 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 grew in fellowship. That's 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 togetherness. Right? That's community, breaking of bread, and 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 to prayer. So here's what we're trying to build is a community centered around relational discipleship. They, they, they were together. So centered around relational discipleship that sees the church as a place to be equipped so that we can be ministers of the gospel. It's not a place that I just come. It's a place that I come to be trained up so I can go. We've got to get that mentality. So it's not about me, right? It's not about me. It's about the king. It's about his kingdom. It's about his plan. I get to be a part of it. And so it changes the way uh, that I think. And, and again, I, I just submit to you, all this is, is, is the plan of God. Ephesians five twenty five. I could have led with this one. But it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Jesus died in order to do this in us and through us, okay? So what do we do with those things, all right? I'll give you a few uh, action points. Number one, uh, if, if Jesus was a learner, if Jesus is our model, uh, the very first thing is we have to accept that. And if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus as Lord, uh, you need to do that. One, because there's no other Savior. Nobody else perfectly fulfilled the law of God except for Jesus. Uh, and he did so in order to save you, but he also did so in order to lead you. He wants to be in control of your life. There's no salvation apart from him. If you're in control, then you'll stand before God and give account for all of your sins, and the wage of sin is death. But if he's in control, then he'll stand before God on your behalf, right? And he is perfect, and you're not. And God will say, okay, I'll accept the payment of my son for you. That's how it works. And so we, we, we've got to accept him not just as our model, but as the one that is, is in charge, in control. Hey, hey, you're in charge of me now. You'll be in charge of me in heaven. You'll stand in my defense, okay? So we begin there by accepting Christ. Uh, secondly, uh, then I, I think we make a commitment to learning his ways. So I get to know Jesus. Hey, Jesus, come into my life. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then, and then I, I, I need to commit... Right, so the Great Commission is to go and make disciples, teaching them everything you've learned. Some of you got to learn more, right? And So we got to make a commitment to that. So there's different levels. The very first level is just being in church, right? Being in church, and so um, we're, we're we're challenging you to make a commitment here. Uh, I know it's weird, but we we want all the adults to commit to to worship on a regular basis. So there's a survey. Uh, it's up here on the screen. There's a QR code you can. Take out your, I'm going to put that slide up again here in a second. Take out the camera app, scan it. If if you don't know how to do that, you don't have a smartphone, I've got a copy you can fill out. We want everybody to commit to one of our two worship services that start September 11th. It's 9.45 or 11.15. Make a commitment. Okay, we're going to worship. We're going to be there every week. We're going to hear what the pastor says. We're going to go home and think about it. We're going to participate. It's, a, it's a, your first level of teaching in the church that uh, exists to build you up uh, for, for ministry of service. So that's, like, that, that's the first part, right? So we just want you to commit to being a part of worshiping God here in this place. Uh, second thing, though, is is we want you uh, to join a community of believers as you do so, okay? So we, we actually aren't meant to just learn as, as an island. We're meant to, uh, so discipleship happens best in a circle, not in a, not in a row. Um, So there's a better way to learn, and that's getting involved with other people. And so we've got different studies for you. And we also want you to take that step. So if you're hearing the pastor say, okay, don't just worship. Also learn and learn in a community. And we want to put you in one of those. That survey has those options too. Whether you have kids in the home, you have kids out of the home. We're trying to address every area we can think of. And boy, even as we we rolled out the fall, we're already thinking of a bunch of more areas for the spring that we've missed. And it's going to get better and better and better but we need you to make that commitment, man. You need to be in community. It's how God uh, planned on transforming you and equipping you so that you can go out and be an impact in other people's lives. Y'all, look at me real quick. I know you're taking notes. Look at me real quick. This city is gonna change by the power of God through the people of God. That's you. It's going to change by the power of God through the people of God. We are here to equip you to bring about that change. You're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus where you work, where you live, where you play. God wants to use you, all right? We want to equip you to be used, but you've got to be open to God's plan, not your plan, God's plan, all right? So I'm going to close us in prayer. Catherine's going to come up. Uh, What we're going to do ultimately... As we leave, uh, I can't see who's running slides because there's a light in my face. Uh, I want to. After Catherine goes through announcements, I want to go back to this slide. Okay. Uh, and and man, if you haven't taken the survey take the survey we've got about 85 just so you know we had roughly 240-ish in worship last week so we're lacking a few surveys okay so if you could help us out we greatly appreciate. now kids aren't filling them out and part of that count includes kids and we have a lot of kids Uh, but still um, that means we're still missing some from adults so if you get those done for us and you say when's the due date are you ready? today all right I, you guys like deadlines, I know, y'all been waiting, the, d- the due date is today. Uh, we spent Wednesday trying to put together, have you ever tried to put together like a really big puzzle, anybody ever done that, like Thanksgiving, whatever, have you ever tried to put together a really big puzzle with half the pieces? Really stinks, okay? So we're trying to figure out this huge puzzle, and we had like 80 surveys, as of when we started, we had 75 surveys, and we're like, it's impossible. I really need you to do it. We, we can't figure out who's serving where and what classes and where we need to bump up. and, and like we're, we're working really hard, but I, you gotta finish the survey so we know who's where, uh, those kind of things. Okay, all right, I'm done. Catherine, uh, uh, yes, oh, I said I pray. Catherine's gonna come up while I pray. Lord Jesus, thanks for loving us. Thanks for your word. Lord, um, help, us, help us make that commitment, that next step to commit to a lifestyle of worship but also a lifestyle of learning and serving. And God, for those that are struggling with how to fit that into their life, just let them know there's grace here. There's not an unrealistic expectation here um, that we're gonna work with them to get them to that. And if they're in a season that they can't do all that right now, that's okay. We just want them to come and talk to us and we will be here to help God. We love you, it's in your name we pray, amen.